You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to AV Underground, the podcast where we talk to you about the struggles of getting going as a content creator. Uh, I guess now in 2018, here we are. Yeah. So this week, I'm joined again by MJ Watson. As we are, always. We're going to be talking a little bit about making money and when it's okay to ask your viewers slash listeners for for funding and when, you know, our, our opinions at least, and also some other ways of getting going, but... We'll uh, start off by just kind of, kind of shooting the shit with uh, how's how's things been uh, in that podcast land. It's been good. I mean, like I like I we talked about off the mic earlier. I'm starting with my pot, my own podcast. I'm starting to. I've kind of got a little bit more of a focus now. You know, I do I do my opening. I, I shoot the shit like we're doing right now for like five minutes, and then I get into my three main topics of the day. And I've realized in my podcast now, it's like, what are we in? Like two and a half months. So it's been. It's been kind of like pretty much the same thing, but I feel more every day, even if it's just like the tiny, tiniest little bit of progress, I feel like every day I'm making progress is getting better as a content creator. So I feel kind of the only stage I really need to be in right now. I mean, I don't really got nothing much else. I'm kind of just right now, I'm kind of just in the vibe of doing it. Nothing, nothing's really changed from last week for me, really. Except I'm 21 now. Yeah, I, should, I should preface that. Happy, uh, happy belated. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone who wants to send me booze, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> You can legally consume it now. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's a great time. Uh, so once again, I completely forgot to introduce myself, as I always do. <laughs> Hi, it's, it's I'm Josh thing. Needham. Uh, we are here in AV Underground, and yeah, I'm still still doing that podcasting thing. Our podcast, the other one, uh, This Week in Gaming, just reached one full year of being a podcast. So we had our big episode the other day, and uh, whew, it was good. It was real good. It's weird to like, once you have the consistency built down and it's just part of your existence, it's part of what you do. It's, I don't know. I it's, feel- it's a great feeling to look back and be like, you know what? I started a year ago. We've evolved a lot since then. And there's still a lot more that I want to do. But it's very, it's nice to know that like, hey, I started something and it's been going for this long. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel right now with mine, just not to the same extent. Like to you, like, the way you described it, like you're like through the door right now. You're you're looking around, taking a good look around now. Like okay, we've we're through the door. Let's get let's let's start just doing this. Do things how we do things. Whereas me, I'm still like you know opening the door, taking a peek through, being like yeah, this is what I want to do, but I'm still taking my time with it because like like you said, for me, it's not quite there where I just like wake up every day and I'm like I'll well wake up every Saturday and this is part of my thing. But it's become part of my week where like throughout the week I'll be thinking there be like. Like on Tuesday, I'd be like, I got to do this by Thursday. And by also by Thursday night, I got to work on my podcast. I got to get, I got to start doing some research for the podcast. And then by Friday, I'll be like, okay, time to put some notes together for the podcast. And that's where it's like becoming more part of things I schedule in. Whereas that's what you need to do in order to get to the point where it's just going to become part of my life eventually. Yeah. Which it pretty much is. <laughs> so I want to actually also start off by saying, I, I apologize if I'm a little raspy in this episode. I'm losing my voice a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to blame the podcast. I think it's just been a really rough week where I've been talking a lot to a lot of people and uh, whatnot. So hopefully it's not a cold or anything. That'd be like the worst because we're going to PAX. Uh, But anyway, so a quick topic I wanted to start off with before we delve into uh, monetization and making money as a content creator starting out is something that I realized about myself. Now, we had discussed uh, previously that I have a weird situation at work where I leave myself notes and kind of talk to myself and I've been in a weird uh, mindset lately where I don't know how it 
comes off to you from an outside perspective where, you know, if I come up to you as a stranger and you're like, oh, well, what do you do? And I say, well, I do a weekly gaming news podcast. I also do a weekly podcast where we talk about, you know, what it's like being a creator. And to me, that feels like anyone that hears that just gonna be like, oh, is that all you do? <laughs> and one of the things that I had realized is that I've been spending a lot of time in content creation, but with no focus on anything in particular for a while. So I started when I went back to college was for YouTube because I wanted to make better content for YouTube. And it made so many shifts while I was in college from, yeah, from YouTube yeah. to Twitch. We were doing the Twitch thing for a while. And it's like I've jumped every, back and forth day, so much. Yeah, every day, 10 <laughs> o'clock. That's what we did. We used to. Um, I haven't done Twitch streams in a while. I haven't done anything. And I think it's just because in my mind, like I need to be the same kind of focus and dedication that people have when they're only on one platform, like the kind of dedication that Pete McKinnon has to, to YouTube, because that's kind of his focus is YouTube with like some Instagram on the side and like other things. But I feel like his main focus is YouTube. So he knows what he's doing. He knows what platform he's on. Whereas I've spent so much time spreading myself out so thin. It's kind of one of those like you can be a master of one thing or you can be kind of okay at most things. And I've spent so much time being kind of okay at most things. Dang. So now it's like the podcast I'm putting a lot more focus into. And I think over the coming months slash the next rest of 2018, I'm going to have a lot more of an evolution for it because now I'm putting my mindset in more of a okay like podcasting is what i love doing i need to put the focus and dedication here over the long term because otherwise people are looking at my content and they're like okay so he's like he's on youtube for a few months and then he moves to another platform and then he comes back to youtube and then he's like podcasting and then he's not uploading and what is going on so you can't really generate a, a decent audience or any sort of consistency like i've had consistency in content creation but no consistency on a platform is uh, is what I'm saying. So my advice for people who are maybe in that same boat, if you're finding that you're spread out over too many different things, like try and find what you what you want. It doesn't have to be the thing for me is that I'm always afraid I'm going to get locked into something. You know, like, yeah, I, know uh, I, I don't want to put my focus on YouTube because then I can't do Twitch. I can't do other things. And it's not so much that like you can make course corrections and changes as you go on, but find where you want to be for now and put the focus and dedication there because then I feel like there's no real uh, regret to, okay, maybe I've gone for the last year putting focus on YouTube and I realize that I have more of a personality for live streams. I'm going to move myself to Twitch. And I, I realize that in my own head. So then I'm like, okay, well, I don't feel like I've wasted the last year. I've still learned a lot and I've still gotten into some good habits. I just need to move the platform and put a new focus on it. Maybe bring some of your YouTube audience with you and like try and help get that built up. But I don't know. That's something I've been struggling I'm, with. I'm, I'm with you in the same way. And like for me, it's kind of um, I feel like we've had this discussion before, too, but I'm in the same way. Whereas you get in this idea that when you're working on something like great, it's obviously like when you work like when I'm working on my podcast, I'm like or I'm thinking about doing notes for podcasts. I'm like, OK, I'm working on this. I have my focus right now. All is well. But at the same time, there's always that thought. I could be doing more or like I could be doing more. And that's what that's where I run into with the what you were saying with spreading yourself thin is I'm the same way. When I first started this podcast, my thing was I want to go to YouTube. I want to go. I want to go. Maybe I want to do Twitch stuff, too, maybe. And like my whole thing was I eventually sat down myself and realized did the same thing where I'm spreading myself. I'm already starting out by spreading myself too thin. And 
I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because like you said, being like pretty good at a couple, like being pretty good at most things is a good, like, I think it's a pretty good skill to have because you're versatile. But like what you're saying with like making money, which is like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that everyone should be in this just for making money, but it is part of it. And for making money that, yeah, you do need to kind of find your focus in your platform. And that's why with me, I want to do all these other things, but I, that's why I keep forcing myself to, I keep telling you, I'm only doing the podcast right now, only doing the podcast right now. Not because I don't think I could be doing more, couldn't be doing more. It's just, I feel like when I do want to do more, I want to make sure that what I am doing has already set in its platform in its, in its final state before I go on. Not, not necessarily its final state. Like, it's like dabbling in, in other platforms, like cross-platforming between Twitch and YouTube and yeah. other things is good when you're starting to try and get a feel for everything. But then I feel like I never hit that point where I was like, okay, I need to stop dabbling with everything and yeah. just focus on one thing in particular. And because of that, I've, I've started to like think about focusing myself mainly on our podcasting network, followed by my YouTube channel, followed by Instagram on both accounts, because just Instagram is a great way to network with and communicate with other people. Plus, I love seeing people's photography and like <laughs> commenting on yeah. stuff. I like the interaction with people, especially when they're people who are achieving things at a level that I don't even understand how they did what they did. Yeah. So it's like I can learn from it, too. But I can also kind of help give them some perspective because every now and again, I'll, I'll find people uh, that are around me that almost like just boost my ego with the things that I'm doing. And like they'll bring it up and they're like, do you realize that you're you're doing all these things? And uh, honestly, most of the time I don't. <laughs> I'm so caught up in I'm not doing enough to realize what I am actually doing. Yep. Uh, and that's not to like toot my own horn. It's just saying that when you get into this, realize that that may be something that you're you're dealing with. It's one of those it's one of those imaginary pressures that we've talked about beforehand yeah. that you're put that you're putting on yourself because I, I'm the same way. No matter, it's, I've always been the same way. Like with anything though, like even in sports, like when I was playing sports, my always thing is, oh, I'm training for three hours today. I could go for four. I could be doing more because maybe that guy there's that guy in front of me that is doing that extra more. And like it's the thing, like it's the same thing with content creation, like. Like you forget, like even every week I work on this podcast and then I'll go listen to the other podcasts I listen to. And then I hear like, oh, these sports podcasts are doing three or four sports podcasts a week. And then I feel like shit. So I'm like, God, like maybe I should be doing more, but I shouldn't be feeling like that. Like that's the, it's, like, yeah, it's hard. And I think it ties back into practice. Like we talked about a while back. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things that I want to touch on is I've spent a lot of time going around and watching content creators that are successful and the people that post the videos of like how to make money doing this or how to be successful or how to how to this, that or whatever. And a lot of them are these people that are telling you like it's all about the hustle. You have to not sleep. You have to work a thousand hours a week. You have to hate your life. You have to you have to burn yourself out and which is all well and good if you have proper guidance and coaching to do so. But like Watson and I were talking before the podcast started uh, today and it's one of those people always used to say practice makes perfect and that's not necessarily the case. Practice just makes permanent. And if you aren't in some sort of a regimen where you're practicing and you're working on adapting as well, then all that time you're going to spend hustling, quote unquote, and pushing yourself to the brink of exhaustion isn't going to be for a whole lot. You know, it's kind of like I put out, I put in a lot of time over the course of February when we were doing a video a day, editing and producing and uploading one video every single day of the week for the entire month of February. 
I had a lot of, uh, it, it massively impacted my social life, my work life, my ability to sleep, um, how I felt about myself. Cause I was like, I'm doing a video a day. I could be doing more. I should be like, this should be all that I'm doing. And you get all consumed with it. And ultimately it didn't do a whole lot for the channel. That's not to say that it wouldn't have done well for the channel if I continued beyond that month. Yeah. Like if I was doing that for a solid six months, eventually people are going to notice. But I don't feel like just putting out because it was Let's Plays. So I I feel like I don't feel like putting out just Let's Plays was doing much to improve myself. Yeah. It was just work. And you have to understand that there's a difference between structured practice and busy work, especially when you're starting out. You know, seek out the people that are teaching lessons, not just the people that are telling you to work harder. Yep. I think that's a that's a huge thing. I was feel I feel like like I feel like we probably bring them up every episode, but that was like that was, that was one of the things that the mount like when me and you went to the mount is I felt like they were always trying to teach that whole like like Jim always said you need to be hungry, but like you need to be hungry in this industry because that's the only like the way you're gonna get there. But he always <laughs> you're always gonna be hungry in this industry. Exactly. That was always gonna pay you. That was the like, way. That was the way he put it. He was like, you're always gonna be hungry, so you better get used to being hungry. Like in that like that's kind of the way I look at it. Is it's okay to like have that mindset like you need to do more, but like in the sense that like you're saying like you need to develop the right habits you need to develop the good habits. understand what more you feel you need to be doing exactly because if you don't have a, a path ahead of you that you understand here's where i am here's where i want to be you're just working for the sake of working you're gonna get burnt out and you're gonna feel like you know i i didn't achieve anything like i've been working at this so hard why is nothing happening yeah and I feel like that also ties in a little bit with uh, we had talked about social media last week and getting you know noticed on whether it's YouTube or Instagram or whatever platform you're on. And it's always that hard work without guidance doesn't always yield the results that you want it to. You know, I was actually I'm not a huge fan of PewDiePie. And I, not a lot of people know that about me because I do like gaming channels. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of PewDiePie. Uh even before his all his debacles about this, that, and whatever, I'm not here to get into that. I'm not here to like smash PewDiePie in his channel. He's obviously a successful YouTuber. The dude's got like 81 million subscribers at this point. Like, I don't even understand how that many subs are on his channel, but um, just a numbers thing, not because I don't understand why people like his content. He's obviously a decent content creator. Yeah. He's got some decent thought processes, and I was watching a video of his the other day about his tips for getting started. And that was one of his things like you can a lot of people will blame it on like a shout out like, oh, some big YouTuber gave them a shout out. And that's what got them going. And he's like, shout outs can only get you so far if you're producing <laughs> crap content. Exactly. People will sub to you and then they won't watch your stuff or they'll eventually unsub because you don't have good content. If someone gives you a shout out and that gives you a boost, it only works if you're producing good, consistent content. See, like that's kind of the thing is um, there's a Bill Simmons, like very he's a popular sports uh, sports broadcaster. He explains in the way that like if you're making good co like he put it is like if you're making good content wherever you are in the world if you're making good content you will be discovered it's just a matter of consistent like it's like the same thing we always come back to is the matter of consistently putting out that content and that's where like you're saying with the whole shout out thing the whole shout out thing like I hate when people say that like oh that's why this person got successful it's like no this person yes this person probably took that shout out and then everyone went to his channel and realized oh yeah this guy puts in the consistent work to consistently put out videos and make good content his stuff is not it's not painful to watch yes. it's of value to your audience 
and which I think is a lot of our um, pull on this podcast in particular, is that we can take a lot of what we've learned in the short amount of time that I've, we've been working with and studying media creation and give that to people who haven't paid for college. You know, like yeah. maybe they've been watching people on tutorials and stuff on YouTube, which is fantastic. Like you can learn a whole lot there without having to actually pay for a degree. Exactly. Um, and you're YouTube just starting college. up because you want to do things for yourself. But I like to think that where a lot of people are just talking about how you have to put in the time, put in the hustle, work harder, make better content. It's not about the equipment. Like they all say the same thing over and over again. And what I wanted to bring to the table was – we're a couple of guys that are going through this right now, and there are other struggles when you're starting up other than just, oh, work harder, because you're trying to figure out how to work your dreams around what you're currently doing to pay the bills. You know, maybe you have a family, maybe you've got like a wife, kids, husband, two husbands. I don't know. I don't know what you're you're into, but like maybe you've got people you care about, people that are around you. You have a social life. Maybe you're like taking care of an elderly relative or Whatever it is that you've got going on in your life and you're also trying to work on content creation and you're feeling like these guys keep telling me to hustle more but like they don't understand I don't have that time. Yeah. And I think you can really cut the learning curve if you – if like I said, it's just practice and understanding like structured practice. OK, this is the thing that I'm going to work on because I want to improve this particular aspect of what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest advice that I can – personally give right now because that's what i'm currently in the middle of trying to do yeah and i like to think that you know some of the stuff we talk about we can follow up with in upcoming episodes and you know maybe we we drop some advice like that and then we try it out and hey you know i figured out that it works better this way or what have you i'm, I'm actually kind of in the same way that's kind of my whole thing with this with this podcast is i feel this podcast has a lot of opportunities for follow follow up episodes because like like me me and you like you said we're in the middle of this but me and you are both still like just learning at every aspects of this and like we're going through this experience and we're putting it on a podcast forum so that our audience can see the experience we're going through and they can learn through our own just by watching listening to our experience i should say right and i that's what i just agree with you on that is that i feel there's a lot of opportunities for follow-up episodes and i feel that is something we should really really fo i don't want to focus on but i feel we should keep track on over the next couple weeks because i don't even know if in a couple weeks we might have the same we might be in the same boat but like maybe two months from now we're not so yeah you know you really never know when it's gonna when the uptick is gonna happen and i feel like it's easier to start documenting before it happens mm -hmm. than try and recall it later it'll be interesting too <laughs> just be just fascinating to go back and listen. yeah especially because yeah you can go back and i've gone back and looked at some of my older videos and i'm like why am i not doing these fun things anymore why have i put so much pressure on myself to make something of like cinema quality yeah when I've had more fun just not caring, going out and hanging out with friends and sharing the experience. So it's it's been humbling to go back and look at my old stuff, and I'm really glad that it's there. Yeah. I'm actually debating on starting up with my YouTube channel because my struggle with a vlog has been I don't feel like there's enough of my daily life that exists outside of like what I'm doing with the podcast and thinking about what can come next that goes on that I feel like it's really worth sharing yeah. without having to get be invasive with other people I hang around. Uh, like I don't want to make everyone feel like if they're going to hang out with me, the camera is going to be rolling. Mm -hmm. So, then, yeah. Um, but I do feel like my notes to self would be a beneficial thing for a lot of people. I put out a uh, story on Instagram last week or a few weeks ago now that was just I was walking into work. It was snowing and I whipped out my phone real quick and I was like, Good morning, everyone. What beautiful spring weather we're having. I just wanted to post this really quick to remind you that you're awesome. Keep that shit up. 
that's it. And I let it go. And someone messaged me later on that day and was from that story and said, thank you. I needed this. And I'm like, that's the thing. People need encouragement. People need positivity. Yeah. And I was like, so I feel like even if I just on my YouTube channel, try to start making, I need to make videos essentially addressed to myself videos from past me to future me and talking about like where I was, what I'm thinking so that when I, when something does happen and, um, if I end up making that uptick and starting something that's a viable career on YouTube that I can look back and be like, this is where I was. Like, if you want to go back and look at what was going through my brain before this happened, you can do that. I don't need to make, like, I could still make a video about what it was like and how I got going. Yeah. But if you wanted to go back and watch the exactly what happened, you could do that. My, see, like my thing is like, this is kind of, kind of on the same thing. It's like with me with vlog, like me and you've talked to me about vlogging for a bit for a while. And it's, it's something that I've had on the back burner as my thought, because the only reason, the only thing I use my YouTube channel for right now is just to have a place to archive my podcasts while I'm on SoundCloud. And I, but I was thinking of like, I was in the same boat where with, for a daily vlog, I was like, I don't do enough daily to where I can make it or make an entertaining vlog or make a good content. But like my whole thing is like, there's no real thing is like a daily like I've when I've done some research I've never seen a daily sports vlog a guy who like talks about like a guy who's like a sports fan who vlogs daily like it could be a way to like mix in your life and also my way of looking at it as a way to like find another way to discuss sports in a different way and that's kind of like how I want to use vlogs in the future but like I don't want to do them every day like that's my only thing like that's only my big difference is like I want to like I want to I think the aspect of doing a vlog every day is asking to get burned out. So. Absolutely. There are very few people in this world, I think, that can do a daily vlog well yeah. and not get completely burnt out. And on I'm it. not one of those people. Uh, I know I know that I know that right ahead. Like I'm I not think it's one, one of those, those things. If you're gonna try and start a vlog, try for like once a week to be consistent. And then when you start generating an audience because you're making better and better content and people are interested in what you're doing, then you can look at, okay, now that I have the audience, now that I potentially am starting to make an income on it. Now I can look at, all right, I can cut back a few hours at work. I can maybe do twice a week and, you know, work it to a level where it's comfortable for you. Yeah. Is the thing. It, that's what it's all about, really. Like, like I don't, Pete McKinnon uploads once or twice a week. It's, I think it's been twice a week lately. Occasionally he'll drop an extra video in there during the week, but I never find myself angry at him for not having a video every day Yeah, because he would get totally burnt out. Yeah. Um, I didn't, when Casey Neistat took a break, cause I was a huge fan of his when he was doing his daily vlog, he ended the daily vlog and I don't, I didn't have a moment where I went, he's ending the daily vlog. I'm unsubscribing. Screw this guy. Yeah, How yeah. dare he? How dare he waste my time? Yeah. What an, and, what an asshole not doing the content I want. Right. So <laughs> I find that, I find that if I'm understanding enough that there's going to be plenty of other people that are understanding that you yeah. can't really do this on the daily. But speaking of being able to work your way in, I think that's a pretty good segue to, uh, our thought process. Everyone wants to tell you how to make money on YouTube. And there's a lot of stuff that I've watched on it, um, both for like my own reasons. And also, like I had said, with um, learning from others and finding like tips for Instagram and things like that, don't get one source, get a thousand sources and then compile all of that into information that works for you. So like, don't stop here with my opinions on how you can monetize and how you can make a decent, um, some sort of an income, whether it's supplementary or whether it takes off and this is your full-time job now, I'm not going to promise you that you're going to listen to this podcast be done and be like, oh, I know exactly how to make ridiculous money now and I'm going to go out and become famous. Trust me, if that was the case, we'd be making a whole lot more of these. <laughs> if that was the case, I would just tell you the secret formula and we could all be doing this yeah, for a living. We could all be happy together. 
there's there's no like secrets. I'm not going to ask you to pay me for it because that's another one of those things that drives me nuts is those like ridiculous schemes. It's like I'm going to tell you how to get rich. Buy my course for a hundred dollars. So then you're like, oh man, hundred bucks get rich. I can do that. Did. And then the course is just go and tell people you can get them rich for a hundred dollars, and then people will buy this course from you. I when I was first learning how to do a podcast, I I I looked it up. I was like I was like, is can can I just find a place that can teach me how to every little nook and cranny about podcasts that I could possibly need? And I found I, I'm not going to say the name because I do not want to trash them. But I there was this one place where this one dude calls himself the podcast master, right? And he was offering a class to teach you how to do all your podcasts. It was for three grand. <laughs> and I was like, I was looking at it, and that's when I was like, I just couldn't believe it because I was just like. You can you can just go to YouTube and just because then that's what I did. I went to YouTube and I found five videos that like this guy ran through the whole process of how he did his podcast. And granted, like he I found three more videos that did it completely different than that guy did. So like like just what you're saying, like don't just stop with just don't, like we appreciate you listening to us and taking our opinions. Don't get us wrong, we love it, but don't just stop with us and say and see what here we try and just give you a whole sense of uh, we've ex we've kind of experienced it before so this is what we're experiencing right now but there's plenty of other people that could have different way differing opinions on us but could get you to where you need to get where you need to get yourself in your mindset and this this video or this um podcast is going to contain a lot of stuff that it's going to be some stuff that i have done and found some success with and it's going to so, be other things that i just started getting into yeah. and i'll end up giving a follow-up in a few episodes of how that's going yeah. we have a um, few guests you'll like have that. uh you'll see some changes coming in the podcast for uh, monetization reasons and I'll explain that as we're going along so there are several ways whether you're on YouTube whether you're on a podcast network whatever platform you're on to actually make money uh, if you're into indie films I would recommend getting on Vimeo because Vimeo offers a platform where you can charge for your full like feature length film uh, that's how one of my favorite directors Don Hertzfeld his videos are all available on uh, Vimeo for purchase for download i was gonna make a, a joke from a, a jason joke from uh, when you said your favorite oh, director i was gonna be like, my, jason, fa my favorite diamond. director yeah <laughs> black diamond so uh there's that option where you can charge money directly for your content now that doesn't tend to work very well unless if you're in the indie film range and like your film is well put together and people under you can explain what your film is about people are into that like people do buy movies without having first watched the movie or having a track record of what's gone on because they and they think they'll enjoy the content and that's fine but when you're in a situation like where i'm trying to get into vlogging where we're doing podcasts and we're doing gaming news uh that's not content that i can directly sell like we wouldn't directly sell this podcast because you can go anywhere and listen to guys talk about what it's like trying to get started um, so I'm, I want to provide the value first is the real, the real big thing. And that's something you need to think about when you're in content creation is provide value for your audience before anything else, before you consider monetization. Now, one of the things that people think about mostly when you're getting into YouTube and a lot of the fuss over YouTube's changes to their monetization policies is ad revenue and advertisers. I'd like to point out if you're, if you've been in the media field and you do any sort of commercial media you understand that there is big money to be made in advertising, okay? If you partner directly with brands like Coca-Cola or Budweiser, like the big name companies that will pay astronomical amounts of money to advertise if you have a big enough audience to put them in front of, 
And that's the thing of it is the ad revenue you're going to get from a partner program like YouTube is a small percentage of uh, what they call CPM, which I initially thought was cost per million, but it's cost per milli, milli being the prefix for thousand. Uh, okay. So it's a cost per thousand views. And if you're not, if you're a small creator and you're not getting a th even a thousand views on a video, you're not making anything. It doesn't matter if you're partnered. We were partnered for a while and we made four cents in a year with, uh, with the views we were pulling in. And we were, you know, we were working as hard as we could at the time to put things together and get them out there. But when it comes to ad rev, unless you're partnering directly with brands, which is probably, we'll be honest, it's probably not going to happen for you until you have built up your audience, then you're not going to be raking in the sweet YouTube money or anywhere really on ad rev alone. And there are most of the smart YouTubers that I know aren't working on ad rev alone, if at all. There are some people like, uh, I think it's Philip DeFranco, doesn't run on YouTube ad rev because he does his type of content he does YouTube would never approve to <laughs> yeah. put advertisers with. So he has to find his own advertisers, his own sponsors, sell his own merch, which brings me into the second topic of like selling merchandise, which is great if you've built an audience and you have people that care enough to buy your shirts. You can't have like... Then you're just going to have boxes of shirts in your living room. Yeah, if you start <laughs> up and day one, you're more concerned with putting t-shirts together than you are about actually starting your channel, then maybe start a clothing company. Yeah. Don't start a YouTube <laughs> channel. Like, I mean, there are plenty of people that get successful like selling clothing, but that's, you know, that's not what we're doing. We're talking content creation and making money that way. So again, step one, provide, uh, provide value for your audience. Step two, then start worrying about how to monetize. Now, a couple of other things that I didn't find out about until just this last year was affiliate programs. Now, an affiliate program, they almost everywhere you can think of, if they sell a product, they probably have an affiliation program. So example, uh, we do gaming content for a lot of our stuff. So if you go to GameStop.com, we're not sponsored by them. Uh, for reasons I'll get into momentarily, but you scroll down to the very bottom of the web page where there's all those tiny little links at the bottom in that box. And one of them is affiliates. And if you click on that, then it brings you to the application process to become an affiliate with GameStop. They give you special links. Now we partnered and uh, did an affiliation with uh, Amazon last year because someone had brought that up. I think it was uh, Think Media was bringing up ways to make money on YouTube and the other facets of how to make an income. Now, we are still a small channel, you know, under 200 subs for our for the Yeah Dude channel and we're under I'm under 20 subs for my personal channel cuz I wasn't doing anything with it for years. I just started getting back into it and I haven't really been pushing it. Yeah. But even as a small channel, so in AdRev in 2017, we made like 4 cents. In Amazon affiliate marketing through 2017, we made like 16-17. Because what that is, is you sign up for it, you put in all your information, and be forewarned, if you're going into this, it's it's a tax thing. Like, you have to enter any information that you would have to enter for, like, an employment, and that gets into, like, social security, tax filing status, all that kind of stuff, because it's, it's a legal um, taxable income. Like, you, you need to have the stuff filled out, so they are going to ask you that. Be aware. Uh, so if you're one of these people that's like really wary and sketched out about anyone asking for your social, this is probably not the path for you. Yeah. Um, but we got into the affiliate program and what that does is there's now a little bar at the top of our Amazon. If I'm going through and say we're talking about, we had an episode, we talked about the cloud core gaming headset. So I went to find it because Jeff and I both got a set. 
we both used them and we both thought, I stand behind this product. This is one of the best headsets I've ever bought. I want to share this with people. So we'll go find it on Amazon we'll, and it will let you generate a link and then you can share that link and people who click on that link, they track, um, it's like a tracking cookie type deal. So like, yeah. say you click on our link, you go, you buy the headset, we get a cut of what you bought. And the thing with affiliate links, and I don't know if this is true across platforms or if this is just an Amazon thing, but they're tracking like with Amazon, you click on the headset, you look at it, you're like, not really what I'm into. But while I'm here, I did want to pick up an audio board so I can do my podcasting at home. So then you, you're still on Amazon, you go over, look up an audio board, you buy a, like a Behringer board or something, we still get a cut of huh. what you just bought. Because you got to that, you basically, we Three. sent you to Amazon. Yeah. And I don't think it's as big of a cut as if you had bought like the thing we linked you to. But I try to be transparent too. That's another thing when you start getting into any sort of trying to make money off your content, people get really uptight about how dare you try and make money for doing what you're doing. Just do it for free. Do it for the good of humanity. And it's, yeah, that's why we're doing this is to try and help people out. Like we're here talking about what it's like getting going because we want to help people that are struggling to get their footing in the first place. So, but for me, like I want to be as transparent as possible and I would recommend being as transparent as possible. We tell people at the end of our episodes of uh, This Week in Gaming, like, we put a mystery link in the description, which is just something neat we found on Amazon that maybe we have or haven't purchased and tested, but it has decent reviews and we thought it'd be fun. So we we pop a mystery link down and we're like, oh, check out the mystery link. It, it does help us out if we're not forcing anyone to buy anything. Like yeah. we're just, we're telling people, we're very open about, you know, it is an affiliate link. If you buy it, we do get a cut out of it. It helps fund our productions and we appreciate it. But hmm. we're not sending you there like, go buy this thing. Yeah. It's so good. So... There's there's affiliates and we found that there were other affiliate programs and I'm trying to look into ones to use specifically for this week in gaming and things to specifically use for AV Underground. So and I because I think it'd be fun too to create 15 second, 30 second, 60 second ad spots for, you know, things that we're behind, things that we feel would help the audience. I feel it'd be brilliant. I don't know. I've, as, as a video, as someone who made like video creator like just doing it just the thought of it would be interesting and like to do it well obviously be audio wise but like just the thought of doing it 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 could be really creative way to do it yeah and i think i think a lot of it for me at least i don't know if this is true for a lot of people but the transparency is a huge thing like do know that if we're bringing you something like let your audience know that you're bringing them con or um you're bringing them advertisers and products that it's something that you would use like, I'm not going to go on Amazon, find the most expensive piece of equipment I can find. Like, I'm not going to look up a Canon 1DX Mark II, which is like a $5,000 camera, <laughs> yeah. and post that in our links to try and get someone to buy something <laughs> expensive. Because I have never used that camera. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to stand behind a purchase of that kind of money just for the sake of having a potential that someone's going to click on it and buy it. Yeah. I want to bring to your bring to your audience something that's relevant. Watson and I were talking earlier. He runs a sports podcast, Never Made Varsity, and it wouldn't make much sense for him to advertise like Gamefly yeah. on Never Made Varsity. You're going to want something that's relevant to sports fans and something that's going to help them out. So, you know, those are the kind of things you have to think about is who's my audience? What would they benefit from? Who do I want to partner with? Because you don't want to end up in a situation where you you put ads in your podcast or what have you or your video and you feel dirty afterwards, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So it's one of those things. It's always better. You can always sell something better when you stand behind it. Exactly. And like that's 
I don't know. That's just kind of like, that's something like that should be taught in general in life, not just through, we shouldn't be the ones only teaching that. You should do that with everything. Like every article you read, every, everything you need, you should double check it and make sure that all the facts are straight. And especially with like buying a product, you should do the same thing. But I, I actually had no idea of affiliate links. Well, I heard of them, but I had no idea how they really worked until, until you talked about them. It's one of those things that people bring up, but they don't give you a whole lot of how to get into it. Yeah. So a lot of these, uh, if you're looking for them, a lot of them are going to be go to a website that you buy stuff from. And I mean, this could be anything from Amazon to Walmart to I would say Toys R Us, but they went out of business. So. <laughs> Darn. Um, but, you know, go somewhere that's a service or a, a retailer that you stand behind and you're like, OK, like Cabela's, if you're a hunting or fishing type deal and scroll down to the bottom of their Web page and check to see if they have a link for affiliate. And some of them, which I said I would get into why we're not affiliated with GameStop, some of them do ask how many um, unique visitors you have on the daily or monthly or whatever it is that they're asking. And I mean, we have a website. We have our the website for both our everything that we do. Yeah, do gamers.com. And we've got the Podbean website. I have my own personal WordPress website. So like I have a lot of websites, but that's not where we direct our traffic to. I've known people with the affiliate marketing. If you're someone who's in YouTube, YouTube gives you the analytics and stats of how many people are viewing your stuff. So you can go there and consider that your website. So if they say, well, how many unique visitors are you pulling to your website on the daily, on the monthly or whatever they ask? And you put in the numbers there and sometimes you'll get a kickback of like, oh, we don't think that you have enough content or enough eyes for us to be you know for it to be worth it for us to give you an affiliate program thankfully uh amazon was like yeah you know what go for it here you go <laughs> um you can be affiliated with us and start working on stuff like the i feel like the gateway to get into making money through an affiliate program is a lot lower than it is to try and make money through ad rev yeah, I think but would... find something that you believe in and try and see if they have an affiliate program and i'm going to tell you right now be honest with your unique view count. Don't give them like, oh, I get 80,000 unique views on a daily basis if you <laughs> only get like eight. Yeah. Because they're going to find out like it. You can't really fib anymore. On, no. On today's Internet. Because, again, this is like you're putting in all your tax information and everything else because you're going to want to get paid, obviously. They're so. going to figure it out. They're going to have your information. This isn't an anonymous thing where they're going to just send you a check for however much like it gets. Generally, they run through a direct depositor through PayPal and you only get paid out when you've made above a certain amount. But like be honest starting out because you can always reapply later once you've built a little bit more of your audience. But I think, like I said, the gateway to get into something like that is a little lower. And then you can kind of through affiliate programs, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to advertise, what you want to put out there for your your audience. It's it's a it's a good it's a it's a I don't even want to call it an alternative. I think it's just a good option besides ad rev because like you said, like. AdRev, not only is it like confusing, it constantly is confusing in the sense that it feels like every other week YouTube has, not just YouTube, and like I don't want to just include YouTube in this, but like AdRev in general just always seems like it's changing constantly and like the rules about it and the the famous algorithm that no one seems to understand. So it's it's just one of those things that what affiliate programs should, should get more traction, should get more because it's, for me, it's to me, they're more versatile than AdRev in the sense that, like you said, like usually AdRev is, oh, we're picking these two spots and that's when we're going to place this ad about spoons and then this ad about ATV trucks and you don't get a choice. But with affiliate programs, like it's a chance to, like you said, just like just like you said, just it's a, it's somewhere that you for smaller content creators to get in 
and be able to actually get the idea, get the feel of making money, no matter how minuscule it is, getting that feeling and getting that idea can boost your channel and boost yourself as a content creator, I feel. Yeah. And there are um, a couple different types of affiliates slash sponsors type deal that um, some things you'll sign up for, like there's one that uh, we were looking into for Gamefly for the gaming podcast that where Amazon does a certain percentage cut of whatever it is that you're providing a link to click through uh, Gamefly and services like that, like Audible, a lot of stuff is sponsored by Audible as oh, of late. Yeah, and a lot that. of it is um, as soon as someone that you get a specific link for, we'll, we'll use Audible for an example because a lot of people are sponsored by Audible. They'll, they give you a link after you've partnered with them. That link is your individual link to refer people. So when someone clicks on that link at your recommendation, they sign up for a free trial through Audible, through Gamefly, whatever we're going through. It's like a certain amount of money goes to you one time only. This isn't like a recurring, oh, you get this much percentage of their monthly bill. It's, you know, if I did a thing through Gamefly and you clicked on it, you went and you signed up for a free trial, then I get a certain, I think it's like $15 or something like that it's for so every bad. person that I convert. So, it, I mean, you could have a small so audience convert. starting out and make a decent, you know, chunk of change just converting people. But now I went through and <laughs> because a lot of cold. people... I'm one of the few people that I know that when presented with terms of service and user agreements, I read them. I have to. I'm I can't afford a lawyer right now, but I also like I don't want to get into something unless I know the back and forth of what I'm getting into. So I was reading through the one for uh, for Gamefly the other day or it's a service that they go through. I forget the exact um, advertiser it's a company that you sign up for an account with them. And it's another one of these, you give them how many unique visitors you have to your site, all that kind of stuff. And thankfully, they do it in tiers. So the tier I fit into was 99,000 or less. So I could be anywhere from 90,000 unique daily views to zero. Yeah. And uh, they give you a list of all the different advertisers you can pick from and you can sign up for their particular programs. So that's kind of neat. So I can go through and browse like other types of things that I might be into that I want for sponsors. And it all runs through that one account. But the major thing that in their terms of service that they're concerned about from an advertiser standpoint is honesty and transparency. They have a lot of stuff and clauses in there that are because people can make um, I forget exactly what the term is uh, iframes or things that in web browsers will automatically do things for you. And they really want to make sure that you know, if I'm advertising for Gamefly, then I'm not going to make a button on my website that says, you know, check out Gamefly, that when you click on it, it's going to pull all your information out of like your Google autofill and automatically sign you up for the service that you may not have wanted in the first yeah. place. Maybe you were interested in checking it out. But now you're pissed off at Gamefly and at me because you're like, I did not sign up for this. What the heck is going on? Yeah. So a lot of their things are there to protect the them from people, you know, getting upset about things like that yeah. and yeah. also to protect the consumer, the consumer. Yeah. because they want to make sure that and in the same way that we were talking about don't buy Instagram followers, they don't want to buy people forcefully buying their stuff. They want people who are legitimately interested in what they're selling. You know, they want actual customers. It's yeah. just it's a way to reach more people for them. Uh, but I would also recommend if you're going to get into an affiliate program make sure that you at least like gaze through the terms of service that you're getting into because you are signing a legal contract 
I mean, if you're one of those people that has a lawyer on call, go ahead, have a lawyer look it over. Just make sure that you know what you're getting into. That's exactly. my biggest thing. Don't, this is not something, if you're serious about it, spend the time to be serious about it. Don't jump right into it and be like, I'll figure it out later. Cause you might get yourself into all sorts of trouble. Yeah. I know that was one of the things in PewDiePie's video about getting started. He's like, get yourself a lawyer starting off. He's like, it's much easier to and cheaper to have a lawyer look over your documents before getting involved in something than it is to try and pay a lawyer to get you out of the situation <laughs> yeah. you got yourself into. So just be forewarned. Be careful going into these things. You know, give them a read. If it's something that you're dedicated to, like, you know, have a read through the pro the terms of service. Make sure you know what you're getting into. Exactly. And again, be honest, be transparent, be open about what you're doing. Now we go from affiliate marketing, which we, you know, we're kind of working our way through getting closer and closer to the user. Cause when you're running ad rev, it's really, they're going to run whatever ads they want. They can run ads for Ford or, um, Jack Daniels or whatever they want prior to your vi YouTube videos and things like that. When you're getting into affiliate marketing, it's a lot more targeted. It's here's some things I found. I think my audience will enjoy or appreciate or find value in. And then the next step through that is directly asking your audience to help fund what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of people that have seen a lot of success. You know, Patreon is a thing that exists. It's a huge thing for cr content creators that changes the game. Really, It really changes the game because that's people that believe in the content. I've funded a quite a few uh, Patreons actually. Yeah, so have I. Uh, because they're people who are making content and I go, this person really needs to be making like a living doing this. And, you know, it's one of those things you sign up for a recurring payment. So I was doing for um, one of my favorite comics, Gamer Cat. I was like, I'm I'm going to contribute to this. Why? Because I appreciate the comic. And if anything were to ever happen where the creator can no longer sustain making the comic and things get shut down, I would feel bad having been a consumer without helping contribute to the process yeah. of creating it because I know that it takes time. Uh, I've known a lot more people with success in Patreon that are comic creators as opposed to video creators, but I've mm -hmm. known a few video creators as well. It's one of those things that um, people think, I think there's a little bit of a misconception that I'll create a Patreon and then in a few weeks, people will all of a sudden be like all about my Patreon helping fund me doing things. Now, in order for that to happen, I would... I would say get your audience first, build the trust and the connection with your audience. Now, this is something that I fell into the trap of. I made a Patreon probably well before I should have. I put the option out there and I link people to it, but I don't really push it. So I feel like I've I've done OK on that aspect. Yeah. But I feel like not so much that I created it too early, but it's one of those things that I've, where I've said I've been all over different platforms and not really focused on one thing. If you're going to ask people to fund what you're doing, you need to have a you need to be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't don't make a Patreon for something that you're not doing. Yeah. Don't be like, oh, once I hit a hundred patrons, then I'll start making a podcast. Yeah. Then I'll start making videos. Like once I can afford to quit my day job, then I'll start doing things. You just have to trust me. People are going to be paying to help you continue the creation of what you're making. So if you feel like you're maybe not ready to make that step to ask people directly, and don't get me wrong, I feel really weird asking people for anything. The only time that I really like ask people, hey, give me money, isn't really for me. It's when we once a year we run the Extra Life charity right, through yeah. Yeah Dude Gamers. 
And that's getting people to donate money to Boston Children's Hospital. And we've been very successful with that. Which is a good cause. <laughs> yeah, which is a great cause. Like Boston Children's has now like partnered up with us and they've sent us a bunch of promotional stuff. And that's good. we're starting to get a lot more personal with it. But it's one thing asking people things for charity because, you know, people know if they're donating to Boston Children's, their money is going to a hospital that help. Like they're already helping kids. They just need more funding to help make things better and you know provide for the kids that are there but i think that the the way to go would be to try and start if you're looking to make a living from what you're doing i would start with the affiliation programs to provide because at that point you're not asking your viewers directly for money like you'll get a cut of it you're giving them the opportunity but you're bringing products and services that are relevant to your audience to them so like they can feel okay not only am i getting something that i want but I'm also helping to provide an income for a channel or a, an entertainer that I enjoy. I just to add on to your whole like getting stuff relevant to what you're selling to your audience. That's something that I feel you can be really creative with. And that's something I'm trying to do with myself and never made varsity is like I talked to you earlier, like the biggest whenever you listen to a sports podcast, the number one thing you usually hear, the number one sponsor you always usually hear. Actually, now that I think about it, every sports podcast I listen to, they do have them as a sponsor, SeatGeek. And like, don't get me wrong, I would love to have a sponsor with SeatGeek or like an affiliate program with SeatGeek. But like my thing is now that you're mentioning it, like for sports, there's so many different aspects that I could take that, that I'm looking, I'm looking at all different types of ways for an affiliate pro. Like maybe, um, what is a Milek, the Milek factory, the, the hockey, the street hockey factory that's right next, uh, right near us. Well, they're a hockey factory in general, but they, I'm known for street hockey, um, like maybe maybe I could do an affiliate program with them and then like find street hockey programs for kids around the area. And like that's like the thing. It's a chance. Affiliate programs are a chance for you not only to like like we said, find somewhere a, for a smaller content creator a chance to make some revenue, however large or small it would be. But I feel it's more of a chance to just let you figure out what what you can give your audience and find a way to give relate to your audience more and relate to what you're selling more. And I feel affiliate programs give you more of a chance to do that. Whereas going straight through the ad revenue process of YouTube, you're not going to get that. That's going to just be a, here's what you're going to be advertising. Make it work. And like, I like, don't get me wrong. That's like, I wouldn't, if YouTube came up to me tomorrow and told me, Hey, you need to advertise uh, toy trucks on your channel and I'm we're going to pay you. You know what? I would. But like, the thing is, this gives you an opportunity to find a way this gives you an opportunity to go look at different things and do it your way do things more your way whereas youtube ad rev it's kind of more their way <laughs> yeah youtube ad rev and i like the way that so with podbean for example if you're doing a podcast we're on podbean we send everything out to itunes to google play and to tune in radio but our stuff is all hosted through podbean now and podbean has a great affiliate program where it's they have a list of people who advertise or are willing to advertise through them and they'll put up like such and such company is willing to pay X amount per our CPM cost per milli cost per thousands. And they're willing to pay this and it's for a 15 second pre-roll, a 30 second mid roll. This is what they're offering. And you can put like put a, a bid out for that particular advertiser. Be like, this is our podcast. This is what we talk about. This is our audience. And we'd like to, you know, pull you in as an advertiser. So you have that back and forth with them. And then if they like that, then they'll say, okay, make us a 30 second spot. So it's the creators themselves that are making these ads. It's not, they don't send you like, 
you know, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to it to listen to Watson and I ramble about mm-hmm. whatever yeah. or to listen to us talk to whatever guest we have on that week. You're not here to listen to like big corporate man tell you about why you need to buy a Nissan. <laughs> like if, if we're going to be advertising for Nissan, then like we're making our own darn Nissan commercial. <laughs> so like we right. make the we make a commercial. We send it back to them. They say, OK, we're fine with this. We like what you've done. Go ahead and run that. And then we tell them like, OK, we posted this this ad on these episodes. So these are the ones you're going to want to track and they'll get the stats on them and you know, figure out what goes on from there. So that's, I think that's a really good way of doing it too. But a lot of it is, you know, being able to consider your audience, because I think that shows from a content consumer standpoint, when I hear podcasts that are doing running ads, you know, there's a lot of people think, oh, if you have ads running on your stuff, then you're a sellout. Like there's nothing selling out about trying to make a living doing something that you love doing. (laughs) Exactly. But I can understand the difference between like if... I'm trying to think of a real shysty. Okay, like if EA, if EA Games was like, we're going to pay you a million dollars on your podcast to tell everyone that our next game that's riddled with microtransactions is the best thing they could ever buy. And we went, money? Yes, please. (laughs) And then so then now we're obscuring our viewers of our own opinions. Exactly. You know, now my opinion's been bought and we're telling you something that we don't stand behind so that we're violating in sense the trust that the viewer or listener has with us because now they're like, well, now I don't know if I can trust you. And I think that's where people get upset. When I hear ads from people that are um, doing ads, say for they're sponsored by Squarespace, they're sponsored by Audible, whoever's sponsoring them, like they bring it up, they do the ad, they tell me like, okay, this is, I've been using this for a while. This is the book I recently listened to. You know that it's something that they're behind and they use. And I don't get upset about that because I understand like as a content creator, you need to make some sort of an income. You need to make this sustainable. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, I'm never going to make a living at this. Why bother? I can just continue working my day job and be a nobody and no one cares. And but then I'm just going to go through life feeling like I I haven't done anything. (laughs) But I don't get pissed off when content creators do that. So that would be my suggestion is like make the connection with your audience, provide value and then provide them with more value through what you're advertising, yeah. through things that you're affiliated with. Hmm. And then you can work into, you know, okay, I've got, say, a thousand people following me and I'm putting out consistent content. People know what to expect from me. They also know that I can be consistent. So they know that they can trust me to put out content. Now I'm going to ask people, hey, I have a Patreon. It really does help. I I can give you certain rewards. Like, you know, if you're a podcast creator, maybe we say, okay, if you if you're become a $5 a month patron, then we will have a live stream every month with you where we talk about ideas and collaborations and things that we can do for the show. And that way you really have a foot in and you can talk to the people that are making it. And it's yeah. a lot more of a, an open conversation than just, you know, you're listening to us. So Patreon, I think that's where you start being able to provide value with things like Patreon. Yeah. Huh. So that's, that's my thoughts as yeah. far as like making money. Yeah. So just a quick, <laughs> a quick say- recap. Provide value first. Then uh, if you want to look into like ad rev through YouTube's generic stuff, if you're at that point, I honestly would advise against it until you start like making it big. And those like few cents per CPM are going to actually mean something. <laughs> so I would honestly go directly for provide value to your audience through your content, provide value to your audience through your affiliates, things that you stand behind things that you've either used or have known people to use that you can 
definitively say like this is not something that my listeners or my viewers are going to be like why did I why did I invest in this why did you send me here why are you just trying to take <laughs> my money and then once you've got some sort of consistency down and you feel like you're a little more like okay if I were to have a little bit more time and money on my hands I could do something better then you know work your way into Patreon yeah. now I'm still at the point of working with affiliates so I'm going to as things start to go on over the next few weeks, you're probably going to start hearing like pre-roll, mid-rolls on some of our stuff. And whether that's stuff through our Amazon affiliations that I just think would be super fun. Like I find a product and I'm like, I could make a really funny ad for this and then just do that. Toss the affiliate link in. It's, it's a fun little thing to do. And it, there's no obligation on the end of the listener, I feel. If anything, it's just more work for us. Yeah, but I, I like the idea of trying to Not run that a bad way. this podcast network more like an actual radio station. Yeah, I'd be down. No, so I'd, I'd love to do it. Like I, I'm, I'm into the idea, but as things go on, we'll retouch on this subject a little later on as I've got some more experience with it. And, you know, we'll be able to tell you, like, what worked, what didn't work, what did we find uh, were some of the best ways to go about this, and we'll yeah. give you some updates. But mm -hmm. for now, that's, that's what I've got for you as far as uh, running – trying to make some sort of an income based on what you're doing, being a small creator. Once you get to the point, I was telling Watson, once you get to the point of uh, like Markiplier status where you have 20 million subscribers and people know that you're consistent, they know that you do things, they, they want to be more personally connected with you. People will pay obscene amounts for stupid things. <laughs> he, he just recently started selling rocks with his logo on them. Like they're great. They're polished rocks and all. But if I did that, if I did that, no one would buy them. Why? Because I don't have that connection with people yet. It's it's one of those things like once you get up into that realm, it's kind of there's got to be a turning point. I think there's growth is exponential for a lot of people on YouTube. Like I've seen Pete McKinnon, I found just before he took off um, Bobby Duke Arts. I found just before he like really made an uptick to the point where he could make this a career. Yeah, I found a couple of different channels like <laughs> Um, Rob Dyke, I found yeah. back when he was in, I think, episode 20 of uh, Why Would You Put That on the Internet? And he was still early on. So I've gotten to see a lot of, and once the growth starts, it's, oh man, I'm trying to think of a good uh, good way to put, if you've ever tried to spool or like put rope on a spool and, or wind up a yo-yo actually is the yeah. greatest way to put it. Say you've got like a thousand foot cord that, and you're yeah. going to try and wind a yo-yo getting it started is the hardest thing to do because it just wants to keep going around and around and around and spinning. Yeah. And once it catches, it's gets going. Once it catches, it's going and that's, it's exponential from there. And I feel like YouTube works in a similar way. Yeah. You know, once, once Bobby Duke art started taking off and he like, he started jumping a few thousand followers or a few thousand subscribers. And then it was like tens of thousands. And then it was a couple hundred thousand and it's just like, but it's, mm. You know, it feels like you did your 100,000 follower video last week and now this week he has to do a 500,000 follower and it's it's fantastic. But it's that the more people that you have that are following you, the more quality content you're putting out, the more people are going to want to share what you're doing. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, go check this guy out. Like it's it's one of those weird quotes that I had found that was like work until you no longer need to introduce yourself. <laughs> exactly. That's what, we're, but, that's what we're all working towards. But yeah, so that's uh. I hope you guys enjoyed do, our our blather this week. Do we want to? Do we want to? We're having Denzel cake next week. But. Yeah, next week we are having um, my buddy Denzel, who works with Dental Cake, an indie game developer, and we're going to be talking a little bit more. Um, it'll probably tie in a little bit to this topic of like how do you make money, how do you finance your dreams. 
but we're going to be talking about what it's like getting going as an independent game developer. It's a little bit of a different field, and I feel like he'll provide a lot of interesting insight. So definitely stay tuned for that. If you are not already following us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, or TuneIn, uh, go ahead and hit that follow button. You know what? It's free. And by doing so, you really help us out because you're helping us to show uh, our affiliate marketers that we have people who are interested in the show. And you're helping us know that you're interested in the show. So, you know, we want to connect with our audience. We want to connect with you. If you like the show uh, and you're listening on iTunes, please do us a favor and give us a rating on iTunes. It, it does mean a lot and it helps more people find the podcast. If you found value in the things that we were talking about today, please make sure to you know share the podcast on social media, tell your friends about it, get people involved. Again, the podcast is free to listen to. And even when we start putting like affiliations and things in it, it's not going to be any obligation. By all means, like go ahead and skip those bits. You know, just get the the golden goodness we talk about here. Our goal is just to help other content creators just starting out. Our goal here is to encourage you and to let you know that like we're all human. We all start somewhere. So if you want to send us an email, you can send it to yadudegamers at gmail.com and just pop a subject line in there of uh, AV Underground or AVU fan mail, whatever you'd like to put in there. So we know that that's what you're writing for. And if we start getting some letters coming in, we will potentially be reading them on the air. So that could be super fun. Good way to interact with people. And that's that's all I've got for this week. Anything you'd like to say before we close out? Uh Go check out Never Made Varsity on Sound. Right now, we're on SoundCloud right now. It'll just, you type, go to SoundCloud, type in Never Made Varsity, no caps, no spaces. You should be able to find me. I'm having some issues with it. By the time this episode comes out, though, it should be fixed. So, but yeah, just come check out Never Made Varsity on SoundCloud. If you have any sports questions or have any sports takes that you want to maybe hear on Never Made Varsity, I know this is AV Underground, but send it over to Never Made Varsity Official at gmail.com. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Other than that, I got nothing else. Alternatively, yeah, feel free to, um, let us know if you want, because like what I run uh, or produce and edit for This Week in Gaming and Watson does Never Made Varsity. So we've got here we're talking about being a content creator in general. If you'd like to hear some more stuff specific to what I'm doing as a gaming platform, as gaming news and that kind of stuff, send me an email. Let us know. Uh, same thing. If you want to hear more about what it's like running a sports podcast on Watson's side, then feel free. send us a letter. Let us know, and we'll be happy to talk about it with you guys. So otherwise, uh, I think that's all I've got for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you again next week with our beloved guest, Donald Cake. And until next time, keep creating. Stay awesome. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line, Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.